I like to start with something funny. And I was just thinking when we were worshiping, you know, how many know we'll probably be in the Pentecostal section in heaven? <laughs> we'll be singing, I got it, I got here, something about the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't, yeah. <laughs> you heard about that guy, right? You heard about, well, I mean, you can put any label you want to put in there, but we'll just, I love the Baptist, so we'll just pick on the Baptist for a little bit. Is that okay? Amen. Uh, and, it's, and you can put it, you can insert any name if you want to reuse this joke, uh, but um, it's an old one. But a Baptist guy died, we'll just say, for today's service. And uh, he went to heaven, and St. Peter welcomed him and, uh, into the pearly gates and all that, you know, and they're walking down this long corridor. And uh, all of a sudden, they come up on like this big window, and they see this room with like a bazillion people in it. And, you know, they're, they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're genuflecting and all that, you know. And he's like, my gosh, who in the world is all those people? And uh, Peter goes, that's our Catholic brothers and sisters that love Jesus. And he goes, they made it here? <laughs> they said, well, of course, you know, they love the Lord just like you. You know, maybe a little different expression, maybe some different things we don't agree or whatever. But, you know, how many know God looks past and he looks to the heart? Amen? Amen. Praise. It's all about a relationship with Jesus. So then he said, come on, let's keep going. I want to show you where you're going to spend all of eternity. And he came down the next window, and oh, my goodness, there was this massive throng of people singing, I got it, I got it. Something about the Holy Ghost, you know, I got it. People spinning, twirling, dancing, speaking in tongues, gifts of the Spirit flowing, you know. People rolling on the floor laughing, whatever it was. And he goes, my gosh, who in the world are those crazy people? And Peter goes, well, that's all the Pentecostals that made it. The Spirit-filled bunch, can you say Amen. Amen. And he said, now, come on. He said, you're almost to your place that you're going to spend all of eternity. And Peter turns around. He goes, there's one thing. You need to be extremely quiet now. You need to be very quiet. And he said, well, why, why is that? Why do I have to be quiet? He said, because this is where all the Baptists are, and we don't want They think they're the only ones that are here. <laughs> anyway, how many know the... <laughs> Praise God. Praise it. Don't, don't take that personal or something. You know, my gosh, somebody will write me a letter. By the way, somebody wrote me a letter this morning. It was on my desk, an envelope that said, Pastor Terry. And I thought, oh, Lord, I don't want to open that till tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe not till next Saturday even, you know. I'll just leave it sit there for a while. But it had a smiley face on it, and I opened up. There was nothing in there. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. There was absolutely nothing in there. Ron, Linda, I don't I said, geez, I don't know. Maybe they had nothing to say. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Praise God. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Ooh, I want to talk to you about becoming a godly father. And I want to say to you this morning that, you know, I feel very inept this morning to share this with you. But don't be sitting in this room or watching online and saying, well, goodness, Father's Day. I'm not a father. What does this have to do with me? You can just insert the word godly person. Amen? And it's going to be nothing that's, you know, razzle-dazzle, but it's just basics. Basics. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of the simplicity of the power of the word of God. Amen? Amen? It's hard to believe 25 years ago today was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a place called, little sleepy beach town called Pensacola, Florida. And I'll never forget going there. It changed my life forever. Something was branded in my spirit. If you haven't experienced the things of the Lord, the Bible said, Oh, taste and see 
that the Lord is good. Amen? Amen. And we're praying for a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost here too. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, folks, our world needs a fresh encounter with the living God. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. And, you know, I just want to say fatherlessness, right? This is interesting. The stats were just released that, uh, I'll just give you the simple of it. I won't read all this. But in white families, white Caucasian families, uh, 25% and climbing. It's an alarming statistic, but 25% of homes, there's no father that lives with the family. And uh, in uh, black homes, it's about 50% now and growing daily. Uh, in Latino homes, it's about 75% that there's no papa, there's no father figure that is living at, on the home front. And it, 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 that's in our country. And so here's the thing, loved ones. Like in the Bible, God ordained the man to be the head of the household. Not in a domineering way, not in a I'm the boss, you know, my way of the highway thing, in a loving you know, like strength under control, right? That's called meekness, right? You know that? You know, a horse isn't even good until it's been broken. So meekness is strength under control. But it's hard to imagine growing up in a, in a place without a father. You know, we're, we're like four generations here. My father, myself, my sons, uh, their, their wives, and, uh, and our six grandchildren are in this church. So we're four generations deep. But I encounter more and more people today that uh, were born into a home where there was no dad present. And, uh, and while I want to say to you in the most loving, respectful way I can, that's not an excuse to spend your life bitter or try to keep pointing at something that somebody didn't do or did do to you. Uh, I understand there's all, it's all, it's all, it's all jacked up out there. I get it, you know. And so, but I just want to say many times you can trace back deep-rooted problems and even sexual problems to a lack of a father. Amen. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. Yeah. Now, I'm speaking to you aside from uh, Father God, okay? So the difference that the Holy Spirit can make and then what He does in our life and what that looks like according to the Word. Joshua 24 and verse 14, the Bible says this, Now, therefore... Fear the Lord. This is Joshua speaking now to a whole army of Hebrews. He's saying, now therefore, at the end of his life, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Anyone ever been to Egypt? Some of us here? Yeah, we've been to Cairo, right? Cairo, Egypt. And uh, went on the, uh, what was that, the Sphinx and the pyramids and the... Sailed on the Nile River at sunset. Quite a sight. Quite a sight to see. Um, but uh, so these are, you know, these obviously are actual biblical geographically. The Bible is always backed up, by the way. Science backs up the Bible. Geography backs up the Bible. Can you say amen? So they're standing. They had crossed the River Jordan. They had won battle after battle after battle after battle. Under Joshua's mighty hand, Moses was dead. So now we're all the way here in chapter 24. He's 110 years old. Can I say to you, when someone has lived that long, you should listen, you should probably listen twice as much as you speak. Amen. Amen? Amen. Good counsel, wise counsel. You want to know how to deal with things? You know, talk to my parents. They've seen a lot. You wouldn't even uh, survive 70 years of, of ministry if you hadn't had the grace of God being poured out on you in busloads daily. Amen? 
And, and so anyway, um, this is what he's saying. This is his words to them. Serve the Lord, exclamation point. Verse 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves who you will serve. So you say, wait a second, what does that mean if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord? Well, he's drawing a line in the sand. He's saying, listen, if you want to serve the gods of the Amorites, and you want to serve the gods of the Egyptian, the false gods, go ahead and do it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can you say amen? Well, come on, you can do better than that. We will serve the Lord. Yeah. And so what he's really trying to say, loved ones, here is listen. He's saying you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You can't, it's, you know, you know, it's very dangerous. It's very uncomfortable sitting on a fence. Are you getting the picture? So you're either in or you're out. You're either hot or you're cold. You're either white hot on fire or you're in cold dead religion. You may have a form of godliness and be de actually denying the power of God as the Bible says. But Joshua has drawn a line in the sand. He's like, let me tell you something here. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my family, we're going to serve God. You say, what gods could possibly be today? Well, there's all kinds of gods. There's gods of sex. There's gods of money. There's gods of power. There's gods of control. There's gods of manipulation. There's all kinds of gods today. If you want to know who your true God is, just look at your checkbook. Because where a man's treasure is, his heart will be also. And so, you know, I'm just saying to some people here today, maybe nobody in this room, maybe somebody watching on the other side of that camera, you've got to make a choice. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to make a choice. Now, if you're a, a young gal and you've been engaged for a long time, that could have a twofold meaning. Some of you will get that later. You'll get it when you get it home. It's okay. <laughs> so here's what he's saying. Let's just talk about this a little bit. He's saying, listen, <laughs> he starts with himself, personal pronoun, right? As for me and my house. He's not saying, my house will serve the Lord. My wife is going to serve the Lord. My kids are going to serve the Lord. But I ain't going to be nowhere to be found come Sunday. No, no, no. Listen, he says, as for me, personal pronoun, and my house. I'm going to lead them by example. If you want to know what a godly father is supposed to look like, you know, and a godly person should look like if you're a single mom, or maybe you're a young uh, gal here today and you're thinking about marriage and you want to pick the right person. I just want to say to you, you'll find it outlined in this message this morning. And by the way, if he's stingy at 20, he'll be stingy at 70. Drop him like a hot potato now before it's too late. Can you say amen? If you believe that, clap your hands and let God know you mean business. <laughs> Because think about it, the most important decisions a person makes, number one, is whether or not they're going to serve God. That's the choose part. Secondly, who are they going to marry? Pretty important decision, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and third is what you're going to do for a living, Bubba. What's your vocation? What's it going to be, you know? The Bible says you've got to provide for your family. Amen? That actually is very strong words. It says, he that doesn't provide for his family is, is lower than an unbeliever. Yeah, an infidel in the original. They don't say infidel today. Somebody will probably, you know, have a problem with that. But that's what the word says. So don't shoot me. I'm, I'm just the mailman here today. I'm the messenger. But Joshua says, as for me, think about it. I'm, as for me first, as a man, the head of the house, giving account to God one day for all of this, 
I'm going to lead by example. I'm not going to tell my wife, you better take the kids to church. No, sir, that's actually on you. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> Praise God. So we're talking about becoming a godly person. What's that look like? And it's becoming. Again, I don't say this from strength. I say it from I need areas in my life that the Holy Spirit's still working on me yet. Amen? Colonel Arlen Sanders got saved a long time ago, and when he got saved and he got baptized, he literally was in a tank of this big uh, Pentecostal church in Louisville, and he said, praise God, I got saved. The only thing that is still not saved is my cusser. He said that in front of the Bob Rogers church, and they're like, what? Let's dunk him down there again. Amen? <laughs> praise God. Then he, then he wrote an $8 million check and paid off their brand new church. Can you say praise God? Praise God. <laughs> so start with yourself. You know, I went to a conference one time and the pastor speak and he said, I wrote this down as this helps me. He said, the best thing a pastor can give his congregation is not his dynamic preaching. It's not his, you know, visionary leadership or his you know, strategic leadership or whatever you want to say. It's not how well he's studied in Greek and Hebrew. All those things are fine. But the most important thing that he can give his congregation is his personal time that he spent with the Lord. And out of that flows his anointing and his holiness. The Bible said, be holy as I am holy. The best thing that a father can give their kids is not stuff. It's not, you know, more soccer camps or, you know, football jerseys or cheerleader outfits or whatever. I'm not saying it's wrong, but, you know, those can sometimes take the place of God in our life. And so that's not the most important thing. It's not stuff. It's not even money, although those are good things to be able to bless your kids. And the Bible says a wise man, a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, right? It speaks of diligence, speaks of stewardship, all those kind of things. But that's not even the most important thing. The most important thing is your devotion to Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. And so there's four points I just want to share with you here today. I'm not going to keep you long, but uh, let's go to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is uh, called the Shama. Shama. It's something the Jews would have recited several times a day. How do you say it, Hannah? Shema. Shema. Not Shamu, but Shema. <laughs> Don't get me started. I've got a really funny joke. Can I take this? Is it hot in here? Is it me? Goodness gracious. It's like hot and sticky. I just can't get it right back there. Amen. Praise God. We'll go old school, you know. Tent meetings and rolled up sleeves. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Amen. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So they would repeat this over and over. Why? To remind themselves of the God who they served. That's what they do. They repeat those prayers. Shema. Is that what you're saying? Shema. Shema. No, that's uh, Michael Jackson. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. So, so anyway, that's what they're saying, though. You get it? You get the point? They're reciting this. And then watch what he says here. These words, which I am commanding you today. Dad actually quoted the same scripture will be on your heart. So now we're talking about devotion to God. And he says, you shall teach them diligently to your sons. Some translations say children. And shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, 
when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Teach our kids diligently. So how do I do that? How do I teach my kids? Say, well, pastor, what does that look like? How do I teach my kids? Well, it's right there lined out in black and white, but let's just break it down. He says, when you're sitting, talk about God. Amen? Talk about his ways. Say, well, I don't know what that means. What you guys just sit around all day like with the Bible and, you know, the, like people float around on clouds with a, like in your house? What does it look like? No, we actually bust each other a lot. You know, I can't wait to have dinner. I've got some fresh stuff to work with with my boys. Amen? Anyway, it's just we have these all weird kind of family. How many of you have those old family pictures? Can I show you a family picture from the 90s? You have this? Look at this. Praise God. Look at that hairdo my wife has. <laughs> What'd you say? I had a mullet? <laughs> Kentucky waterfall. What's that? <laughs> had the big baggy powder blue wrestlers in the day. Amen. Isn't that a good looking bunch right there? Post your classic photo of your dad. No, don't do that. That's a, that's, you guys look great. I look terrible in that picture. Praise God. Anyway, anyway, funny, awkward family photos. So teach them. So what's a teaching moment? Well, when our kids were little, we'd watch, you know, maybe some show like, I don't know. Let's say The Lion King was big back then. Remember that? Can you feel the love tonight? Rafasa, remember? I had to bring you back into the spirit. Otherwise, you're going to be yawning out there. Maybe you went to see it on Broadway. And so we would say, we would say, I would say, hey, Tyler, and he's like, six, man, you know. Who made that lion? He'd say, God did, Daddy. He's roaring like a lion. See the teaching moment? Talk about it. You don't have to be some crazy, you know, guy with a Bible, wielding a Bible in your house and chasing him around, yelling at him like some nutcase. We got enough people running around like that out there. Just be a regular guy. Work, bring home the bacon, and talk to your kids about Jesus when you're sitting down. When you're walking by the way, it says, so you go for a walk or you're out in the yard or something. You know, again, it's not always the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. I sometimes, how many know some people are just like absolutely Christian crazy? It's too much. You know any weirdos like that? They go to the other church, amen? And if you go here, we'll send you up to Honesdale. My son can deal with you. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. I'm just messing with you. But you know, when you walk, right? I mean, come on, you know, you ever meet somebody like that? The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's like a wind-up doll. Like, wait a minute, can we have a conversation here? I'm trying to ask you about something, you know, a man-to-man here, you know. How you doing with it? Ah, praise the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. You know, it's like, okay, you don't, don't be like some fruit nut or flake out there, okay? One pastor friend of mine told me, he's, he's like, I was praying one day, I was so aggravated, it's this little inner-city church. He's like, God, I just want a normal church already. It's one normal people. Is there anybody that's like sane today? You know? And he actually was in a McDonald's drive-thru. And he said, I saw a, uh, a penny that was driven down into the pavement. And he said, God spoke to me. He said, that's how so many of my people are today. They're beaten down, and I've sent your church to them to be a light in the darkness. Can you say amen? But as a man, as a father, just talk to your kids, guys. It's not that hard. You know, talk to them when they're lying down. You know, you can use music. Even if you're not a good singer, you can use it. I remember when that song, God of Wonders, came out by Third Day. How many of you remember that song? 
Oh, just one of my favorite. We used to live up in the country. It was just so, if you want to know what God looks like, get in the country. If you want to know what man looks like, go to the city. Okay, right? Big old star field at night. And the colder it would get, the more bright and crisp and clear the moon and the stars would be. And I remember my son Kyle where, you know, nighttime prayers, that kind of thing. And, and I remember telling him some wise words of wisdom. Don't even think about getting married until you're at least 55. Don't let your mother know I said that, son, you know? A little Scooby-Doo nightlight. And uh, any 90s kids here? <laughs> and I remember that song was playing. We used to have the big boom box. Remember the big boom box? You know, and looking out at that star field, it was just a moment that we, I just remember that. It's just easy. Just be yourself and talk about the things of God with your kids. They'll never forget it. And I remember that song, God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. The universe declares your majesty. You are holy, holy. And you can just lift your hands just like that. You can do it now if you want. You can do it in your... You don't have to come to church only to lift your hands. You know, if you're out in the community, you don't have to go like this. You know, a little half salute or something like one hand, two hands. Like Just raise your hands with your kids. It'll become normal to them. And they won't forget it. And I remember singing that song. And it, Gary, Brother Gary, and we had this, like, you know, in his room, in the kids' rooms, you could, you could just look out and see the open. Remember just that, old, that house up there we built years ago? And, like, uh, yeah, Lord of heaven and earth. See? And then go back to talking about whatever. Motor cross or video games or quads or dirt. Like, you know, again, it's not like we don't live on the earth. It's not like our feet aren't on here. You know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Can you say amen? amen. So devotion. Put the second one up there. I've got to move on here. Praise God. Secondly, godly fathers disciplines the one that they love. Uh-oh. We don't discipline today. Let me just get to Hebrews chapter 12. Let me just say this to you. That doesn't mean harass or exacerbate your children. And the Bible's very clear about that. Hebrews 12 and 6, because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his what? Children. Amen? Anybody grow up in a house where they use a paddle? Oh, yeah, look at you. How about uh, anybody ever got hit with a Hot Wheels track doubled over? That would be moi. And I'm telling you, my mom could beat you with a Holy Ghost beating. Isn't that mom? Anybody grew up in a family where they said, go out and pick your switch now. You pick that switch. Oh, I'm going way back here. <laughs> pick the switch. Go out and pick the switch. I was such a, like, a, I needed, based on that, I needed the grace of God. I was that kid, you know, just always wild and crazy and saying things and asking questions and speaking when I wasn't supposed to speak. Anybody have any kids like that? Run around like crazy. I get to dance now and, 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 uh, and I enjoy it. Amen. When I was a kid, it was like, you know, it was just a little, I was hyper. I couldn't sit, you know. But uh, pick your switch. I go out and find like this old, like, bamboo that was all dried out and come back. My mother said, that's not a switch. And she grabbed me by the hand and we go back out there. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. There's a reason that this is in the Word. 
We got people, you know, and then Dr. Spock came out in the 70s and he said, don't spank your kids. Don't spank your kids. Yeah, good, nice book. It sold him, made him very wealthy. He got a private jet and an island somewhere. Now we're living with Dr. Spock's unspanked generation. Let me ask you a question. How's that working for you out there? Amen. So you discipline, if you love them, you'll discipline them. The Bible says that. It's not some crazy theology. It's in there for a reason. Let me tell you something. This book is infallible. This is the words of God. Now, let's just talk about it for a minute. I'm not saying beat your kids when you're having a bad day. If they're annoying you, if they do something stupid, like, you know, if they're two years old and you give them milk with no top on it and they spill it all over, guess who the idiot is? I mean, just think about this. Don't take your frustration out on your kid. You know, go to the gym or something before you come home, okay? Relax. Look what it says here. It says it actually, <laughs> verse 11, I got to cut so much, I'm cutting and editing as we speak. <laughs> verse, thank you, Holly. No, no, it said, look at verse 11, Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. <laughs> no. Did anybody, you know, I used to go, they could, in the days, back years ago, we don't even do this now. Now we say, go to your room. They got a cell phone and video games. I mean, it's like, is that a punishment? Really? What time's dinner down there? Call me. Really? That is not discipline, folks. Again, how's that working for you? Look what it, look what it produces. It says not, it's not pleasant at time, but painful. Discipline is painful. God loves whom he chastises. Amen? We just read that. Later on, however, it produces, here's what it produces, a harvest. Everybody say harvest. harvest. Of righteousness and peace. For those of you who have been trained by it, I remember making a... It, so that's the goal. It produces righteousness and peace. I remember when I was... My, Tyler was, you know, he was like a... a he was a lot like his mom. Just to say it nice. Am I telling the truth, huh? No? <laughs> you need to pray for your pastor's wife. Amen? Put that on the prayer list out there. Pastor, first lady... Pastor Becky, lying in church. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun. He's like, we have the same Myers-Briggs. It's scary. You know you're a lot like your, your firstborn's a lot like you when you text and you're actually thinking the same exact thought. Anybody have kids like that? And the exact same, like word for word. It's like spooky. And that's why sometimes we clash a little bit. You know, opposites attract. Amen. But I mean, my goodness, if there was one that needed the, you know, the old spare the rod message in there. You know, can I, can we just talk about this? I, so I figure I'm going to make a paddle and I'm going to make a good paddle, Roseanne. It's not going to be like some fluff paddle. I'm going to make a, Ooh, some of you are getting mad at me. I can feel it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> By the way, they're all serving Jesus today. Amen. So the word works. Okay. It works. I don't care what the liberal talk shows have told you. The word still works. And Brother John, I had a paddle. I made it out of oak, and I put spare the rod on it. Because I'm a good, good father. It's who I am. And I... 
I was making this paddle, Brother Ron, a discipline, the Bible says it. Let's talk about it, okay? We've got to make it practical here. And I, I got an oak. I like took a, 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 like a, a slat off of an oak skid to the place I used to work. And man, I'm telling you, I fashioned that thing. I was enjoying every minute of it, Brother Tom. <laughs> I was down in the basement in my, you know, my, man, my man work area there, my workbench. You know, and then I, got, and then I had this little drill press, and I, and I, and I drilled holes in it. Because when it moves, it's got to get out of the air and go through it a certain way. Notice he's not even in the service. I think he still needs it. Amen? Praise God. And so he literally, I'm telling the truth. My wife will tell you this. She attested this. He came down the stairs in his little PJs. You know, little, uh, it's like Superman, you know, PJs back in the day or something like that. And his hair was all wet. He just got his bath from his mom. He said, Pop, what are you making? He said, can I help you? I said, sure. <laughs> Come on down, buddy. He said, what are you making? I said, I'm making a paddle. He went like this. <laughs> Who's that for? I said, for you. Spare the rod. Spoil the child. I remember reading that somewhere. I remember reading that somewhere. Amen? You say, oh, well, my kid is perfect. I, I, I never had I never had to lay a hand on my kid. No, actually the Bible says that a child's heart is filled with foolishness. Proverbs 22, 15, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it away. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> See, our, our, let me say this last, uh, third point. Godly dads demonstrate how to follow Christ. Not perfect. I feel very inept a lot of days, especially when our kids were under our auspices. I remember coming home one day. I was so tired. Oh, my gosh. I was like so tired. I was a miserable. Ever had one of those days? I was exhausted. I used to work in a printing plant for 15 and a half years, swinging shifts every two weeks. No air condition. Some days it was 100, 1,213 degrees in there. Fumes, just the air was full of fumes and cornstarch. And we printed all these things, you know. And it was a good job and all that. And they, they compensated us well. But my, oh, my, it was a production place. And I was just having one of those days. And we lived about 35 minutes from Old Forge. And I drove home. We had this long driveway in the country. And I was so happy because we just finally got a nice car. It was a Dodge Durango. We'll have to talk about that car later. <laughs> but anyway, I was driving home. I'm driving home, brother, and I see this. It was, it was Hunter Green. It was a 2001. Uh, it was a dealer demo. I bought a Tunkhannock Auto. It had, uh, you know, it was, had everything. Heated leather seats. It had infinity sound system, you know. Eight passenger or something. It was like, you know, one of the first, you know, kind of, you know, like that. SUVs that we could fit our whole family in. Other, before that, we had the Windex Mobile. Anybody know what that is? It was, a, it was a minivan. It was terrible. It looked like, you know, something that. Anyway, but I was driving home, 
And I got down the driveway and I saw, I couldn't wait to see my Durango. So I was driving this little beater. My wife was using, you know, how many know guys, the ladies should always have the nicer vehicle, by the way. Oh, that was weak and pathetic, but we'll take it anyway. God. Ooh, I think we got to talk about this, guys. Becoming a godly person. And I was driving down the driveway and guess what happened with that Durango? We only had it, honey, was it a week, couple weeks? And I noticed that the back window was not there any longer. Because my middle son, Dylan, put a golf ball right through the center of it. <laughs> In perfect timing for me to come home from day shift. So I said, where's that paddle? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. And he was like, Dad, I'm so sorry, Dad. I'll do whatever. Some kids, you don't have to use a paddle on. Then you have kids like my son, Tyler. So godly dads demonstrate how, 1 Corinthians 4.15. Listen to what it says about teaching, right? Demonstrating. We're to demonstrate the power of God. Amen. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 4.15. For if you, you were to have, you had countless teachers or tutors in Christ, yet you would have not many fathers. That's what Paul said. He had a lot of teachers, but not many fathers. Ooh, that's such a, we, we could spend a, we can make a series out of that. A lot of teachers, a lot of people want to teach, a lot of people want to preach, a lot of people want to tell you this, that, and the Word of God and break it down in Hebrew and Aramaic and all that, folks, but there's not a lot of fathers. I'd rather be a good father and not have anybody know who I am in ministry because it all starts at home anyway, sir. I said it all starts at home. Amen? So that's why Paul said, he said, listen, he said, therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me. Isn't that good? And, and he said it again. He said, uh, follow me in Corinthians 11. 1, don't turn there. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen? So becoming a godly person, whether you're a dad or a mom or somebody that's thinking about getting married and having a family, think about this today. This is very practical. The word is extremely practical. And, 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 you know, and so follow me. We've got to look for godly fathers today. There's a great deprivation. 25 million homes in our countries are fatherless. Is it any wonder why people are out smashing windows and burning down buildings and wanting to defund, defund the police? I think they're trying to really dismantle the police. And when you don't have any, and I'm not saying there's been horrible things that have happened. I'm not talking about peaceful protesting now, so don't misunderstand me. You know, we have a right to peacefully protest, okay? But, you know, if you, ta if you take away the police of this country, folks, the authority, you're going to have utter bedlam on your hands. I have friends who are police for years and years. My good friend's the chief of police in Virginia Beach. He's dealt with more stuff. He actually was the one that, I don't know if you remember, who was that shooter in the 90s, that guy that was the D.C. shootings, the kid that was in the back of a trunk picking off people? Yeah, he flew him. He flew with him in chains. They arrested that guy. A good friend of mine, Jack Munley. So uh, anyway, you know, yeah, there's people who are not right or need to be arrested or shouldn't never put a badge on, but that doesn't mean the whole bunch is bad. So don't categorize somebody, you know, they're to, to protect and serve, right? And so, I just, I'm almost done. You guys all right out there? Okay. My dad, he can preach a whole lot better this kind of message than I can, by the way. Because I'm far from perfect, folks. Far from it. Still growing by the grace of God. In the 90s, there was a song. How many of you like country music? Anybody like country music? 
One of my favorite country music guys is Rodney Atkins. And I just want to say this. Our kids are watching us. Actions speak louder than words. So they watch us. I'm going to read the words of this song to you. And I think this will make sense. He says, driving through town, just my boy and me. This is like 90s. With a happy meal in his booster seat, knowing that he couldn't have his toy until his nuggets were gone. How many ever been there? Let's be honest. We give him the toy just to shut them up, don't we? Let's be honest. Come on, there you are. Thank God we've got real people here. And green traffic light turned straight to red. I hit my brakes and I mumbled under my breath. His fries went flying and his orange drink covered his lap. Well, then my four-year-old said a four-letter word. It started with S and I was concerned. So I said, son, now where'd you learn to talk like that? Then he said, I've been watching you, dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. We got cowboy boots and camel pants. That was big in the 90s. Remember them? Anybody have some of them? Yeah, yeah, we're just alike. Hey, ain't we dead? I want to do everything you do because I've been watching you. Actions speak louder than words. And that's the bad part of the song. Now listen to this. He turns it really good. He says... When we got back home, I went straight to the barn and I bowed my head and I prayed real hard. I said, Lord, please help me. Help my stupid self. And this side of bedtime later that night, (laughs) turning on my son's Scooby-Doo nightlight, he crawled out of bed and he got down on his knees. He closed his little eyes and folded his little hands. He spoke to God like he was talking to a man. Amen? And I said, son, where'd you learn to pray like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad. I've been watching you. Anybody else want to be a dad like that? I do. Let our kids see us praying. Let us see them with tears in our eyes. Tears is not weakness. It's actually a cleansing and a healing. And I just want to speak to somebody here today. Don't be so hard on your kids, sir. Some stuff is just not even worth fighting for. Amen? I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm not talking about the Word of God or the house of God like that. But, you know, <laughs> hairstyles, they come and they go. He wants to wear his hair like Justin Bieber, let him, okay? I mean, just, you know, you know how many know music styles come and go? Amen? Say, why are you crying? Well, I don't know. Once I had grandkids, it all kind of changed from there. But uh, sometimes we major in the minors in our family, and it drives our kids even further away from us. Can you say amen? Amen. We we get so angry because they don't listen to the same music we do. Who cares? They want to have their own individuality. Amen? They want to have their own, wear their hair. And believe me, I'm telling you, I'm preaching this from weakness, not strength. You know, I remember one day I came home, my son Dylan, he was like five and Tyler was seven. They're like two years apart. He decided to give each other a haircut. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, my German blood just wound up, you know. What are you doing? Where's your mother at? She comes down the stairs, you know, she did Holly like, she's laughing. She said, it's only hair. 
How many know us guys, if we're not careful, right, Brother Carl? We can get like that. We can get so focused on something that we don't like. We don't, or, or how about clothing styles, you know? I, you know, as we go, I just want to go off on stuff. Just leave them alone. Do you ever think, and I felt like this is what God was showing me as I was making this, working on this word this week. That was God's way of preparing them to leave your house. Does this help? He's getting ready to have their own family. I'm not talking about the word, okay? I'm talking about stuff that's just trivial. We shouldn't make such a big deal over things. You know? Is this okay? Praise God. Last point. Put it up there on the screen. Godly dads delight in their children. They celebrate them. Right? Show up at their ball games. Support them. And I did crazy things when I was a kid. And you know, in seventh grade, I won the gong show in seventh grade playing Elvis Presley. <laughs> My mom's laughing. I still, ha- I just found it. I still have the plaque they gave me. I, have it. I hung it on the basement. I'll show it to you later when we come over for dinner. I-, I won the gong show. And I did, well, since my baby left me. <laughs> Folks, I was in seventh grade. How old are you in seventh grade? 11, 12 years old? I found a new place to dwell. Right here in Valley View High School. It was packed out, Brother Tom. And I said, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Well, thank you very much. And I had my hair greased back. <laughs> Just enough grease to go to the 50s party, you know. They had all these basketball cheerleaders on the, from Valley View. They were pretending they were passing out. Oh, you know, Elvis had these scarves, you know. I did it my way. And, and what happened was, I won the gong show. I won it. Am I telling the truth, Mom? Guess who came to support me? <laughs> Praise God. You hear what I'm saying? You might not have to agree with everything. Show up. My buddy Lindell, he told me, he goes, when we were starting out with music, Ron, he goes, like, we weren't even that good. He said, we had this crazy idea to get a flatbed trailer. And, you know, they're from the south. They're from Alabama. And he goes, we put it in like a, like a Kmart or a Walmart parking lot. This is like, you know, back in the 70s. And he said, we cranked up those amplifiers and we were just going to town. And he goes, like, nobody showed up at all. <laughs> Except my grandma and my mom. And, and, and she, we're so proud of you, son. You just did so good. See what that is? That's delighting in your kids. It's a teachable moment right there. Don't focus in just the things that drive you nuts. They're never going to listen to you. They'll think you're some kind of crazy person that has a paddle with holes in it that says spare the rod on it. I close with this. Worship team, come back and rescue me. 1 John 3.1. See how great the love of the Father He's bestowed upon us that we would be called the children of God. Such we are. Amen? You know what God the Father wants from you? He wants to spend time with you. Amen. This week. Amen? Amen? He wants you to read these love letters that He wrote to you. I don't care how old you are, you'll always be a child in God's eyes. Amen? Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.